Hey everybody, I'm Dave Sandell. And I'm Caleb Gardner. And this is the Best Album 4 Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the best album for a solo road trip. Caleb, when was the last time you took a solo road trip? It's been a while. I think, I think you know, years at least. And I always enjoy solo. I don't know if you're like a person who enjoys driving, but I actually really enjoy solo road trips. Like it's very, I don't know if it's that when you're driving, you kind of have to be fully engaged in the moment. And you can't be like driving it on your phone, right? <laughs> sure. And so, so it's like, it's <laughs> oh, very, oh, you can, let me just assure <laughs> yes. you. You should not be. That's a good point. You should not be people driving in on your phone, especially on the highway. Please be safe. Um, but my point is, it's like one of those one of those only kind of moments in life where you are fully engaged in the moment by necessity. And I think for that reason, and especially because you can listen to music while you are doing it, if I I find it very meditative. Uh, I get twitchy without my phone do you <laughs> i'm i'm super addicted to my phone i need to like probably detox at some point for a while i used to put my phone in the back seat you know which was okay on a short trip and not on a six four hour trip i have been using this app called one sec have i told you about this you have but tell the audience have i told you about this on this podcast I no but you told us on, you talked about it on the other podcast <laughs> yeah um, leader shiitake as we call it around here shiitake <laughs> <laughs> So I've been using this app called OneSec, um, and this is not a sponsored endorsement, I promise you. But um, I actually oh, but it re- could be OneSec. Reach be, out yes, exactly. <laughs> it is up um, because I've now talked about it on two separate podcasts, um, and it's just I, I really enjoy it because all it does is add friction between your your intention to open an app. Like so, you could add a little bit of like, are you sure you want to open this before you open Instagram or TikTok? You know what I mean? And it's basically just like it makes you open it a lot more intentionally. And it genuinely will like there's definitely times I bypass it and go to the app because there's like a reason there's something I'm specific I'm looking for, for example. But other than that, it's definitely many times been like, yep, you're right. I shouldn't be opening this. I'm just doing it mindlessly, you know, like, yeah, so I should give it, it a shot. You should. There's lots yeah. of there's lots of like settings you can do and you can customize what apps you use it on versus what you don't. But anyway, anyone looking we're talking about road trips. I'm saying anyone <laughs> look at when you're not on a road trip and wants to put down your phone, recommend one sec. And what I'm saying is I struggle to not look at my phone while I'm on road trips. Oh gosh. Here we are. Let us begin. Uh I I had to take a lot of road trips solo last year. Uh, in the last year, I should say, because, um, you know, I was going back and forth. We had, a, we had a, a loss in the family, and so I've been going back uh, and yeah. forth to my hometown a little more often than I, than I have. Um, but other than that, I, I, it's been a long time since I've done solo road trips, and I kind of struggle to stay awake. <laughs> and, and part of that is sleep is a luxury around here and not a, not a right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we're tired all the time. I often find myself on long, long, long road trips now having to pull over at rest stops to take a nap. And that feels like uh, a shift. <laughs> I used to find these trips really lovely and meditative. And now I kind of have to reach for stuff that will keep me awake uh, yeah. for that last couple hours. The first couple hours are wonderful. Is that true on, ju- on just solo road trips or is that true on any road trip? So I think what happens is on any road trip, we our kids are young enough that we make lots of stops. And so I have lots of opportunities to stretch and reasons to kind of, ah. you know, shake out of whatever groove I'm in. Uh, so you don't have an opportunity to get, like, exhausted or tired on a, on a kid road trip. I guess trip that's that You're true. pulling I mean, over you know, so much. Certainly. 
certainly still happens. And, you know, and my, my wife and I will switch off every now and then, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've done solo road trips, but they, they are lovely. And certainly, uh, I look forward to them. You know, like I, I, this has been a sad year, like sad reasons to take solo road trips, but, but they yeah. were nice. Yeah. yeah. I, but I feel like that's that's got to be indicative of just like your sleep quality when you're not doing a road trip, right? Like <laughs> sure. if you're yeah, sleeping better when you're of not course. in the car, maybe you wouldn't be falling asleep. What do you? So you fly most places, right? You do a lot of traveling yeah. for work. Okay. Yes. So when you're in those areas, how often do you go from, you know, from plane to car? Like you know, you have another hour or two in the car before you arrive yeah. at your destination. Does not matter. I don't do a lot of um like renting cars when I'm traveling for work. Usually, it's just like you get to the you get to the airport, you take an Uber to the hotel, you know, like something like that, and then you know, you, or or a conference venue or whatever it is. So very rarely will I rent a car on a business trip. Maybe if I go out to L.A. because L.A. is just so spread out. Like you can't, you can't get to anything without a car. And any, any, if you want to go to multiple locations in LA, forget about it. You're spending hundreds of dollars on an Uber or you're renting a car. Um, but so I guess all the solo road trips I've done have been more for pleasure than for business. Um, so I've either, obviously I've done lots of road trips with the family and all that. And I find that meditative in a different way, usually because I'm like listening to my own thing while my wife's navigating all the kids in the back seat. you know, like I, I'm sure. like, no, I'll drive. <laughs> So you do you do that i'll drive <laughs> um and then uh yeah so if i'm solo road tripping it's usually i don't know like doing a retreat or like doing something that's just for me so maybe there's maybe maybe i'm nostalgic about it because it's not just about the road trip itself it's about like i'm getting some time to myself i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case well i guess that was my question that that you're not gonna be able to address is are solo road trips are, are the mu- right music for solo road trips different is the right music for solo road trips different uh, if your destination is, you know, is not for personal relaxation or, or you know, entertainment or, or some, oh, something along the nature question. of there for work? But you can't answer that because you fly everywhere. Yeah, maybe not. But I will say my suspicion on the few times that I have driven um, for work and had to rent a car, spent a lot of time in the car on work is that I usually, I treat it basically the same, like listen to the same kind of music, still, still take a moment to like self-reflect and decompress and like listen to what I want to listen to. So I think I treat them basically the same. Fair enough. So yeah. I think I came up with, I came up with seven criteria for this one. This was <laughs> oh, one of my favorite so topics so far, uh, because the, the criteria seemed really clear like usually when we're diving into the the pick didn't necessarily seem clear. I ended yeah. up having like dozens of options, um, but this is the the one that we've done, the the first one that we've done where the criteria felt like pretty low hanging fruit. Like I I get the things that are going to go into this. Um, I I am already a little bit regretting my choice for the barbecue episode. Uh, I wish that I had picked something different. Uh, quite frankly, I wish what you I picked what you were picking today. Um, but. Um, this one seems like really obvious. So I don't want to, I don't want to lead the witness though. Like, I feel like I, I want to like have a free flowing conversation about these criteria (laughs) rather than just tell you the seven. Um, so let's kick it off there. What, what were you thinking about? Um, as you came up with your, your solution, you know, um, there's like, I think that there's a few different kinds of moods i look for in road trip music 
One is obviously sing-along. Like, you can't, you can't have, like, good road trip music if there's not a sing-along element. Like, I, I feel very strongly about that. Yes, you can listen to electronic, Dave. We know that you like your atmospheric electronic music. I'm sure that you pull it up during road trips. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I, I will let you have that. But for no, me... I don't, actually. For me, there has to be a sing-along element to road trip music. Um, so I will say that was number one. And then there's just, there needs to be a lot there needs to be plenty of high energy songs because to your point you're driving you don't want to fall asleep so there's definitely been times where i have put in albums listen to a couple songs and be like nope this is like sapping my energy it's not that it's not good music it's that it's just not good for a road trip because i'm trying to like maintain my attention if something dips into a and i want to come back to the sing-along piece too but if something dips into like a ballad or, or dips into a slower song is the move on a road trip to skip the track or to like enjoy the variety what is your what is your tendency good clarification so I, I i usually enjoy the variety if it's an album that has the variety and the one that i picked today does have that variety so i think that 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 is true of how i thought about this it's more about like the mood and the genre if i put in something that is like very relaxing just consistently you know, like it's it's low key, it's low energy, the whole thing. I'm like, oh god, nope, not the right context for this. Um, but like the occasional song that's a ballad or slow moving, no, no, yeah, that's that's okay mm. for sure. I think I'm with you. I, I want a lot of variety. I, I tend towards albums that have a lot of variety. There's a couple, I guess, a couple like folky records that I'm happy to put on a road trip because they feel like they were written for the road. Like I'm thinking mm. like a couple of Nick Drake albums, the Nick yeah. Drake album that, uh, uh, you know, that pink moon that, um, oh, I love got pink paired moon. with that part, that car commercial. It like forever <laughs> changed my sense of that song. That song is now best turned in a car. Oh <laughs> no. I feel, I <laughs> feel so like that wasn't the, yeah, that wasn't the original intention, but it works really well. <laughs> let me say, <laughs> Oh my God. The, the sing along piece. I, I, of course, absolutely agree with you there has to be a sing-along element in just about everything that i play when i'm on a solo road trip especially uh i i actually rarely turn to something instrumental or you know something that is um even the electronic stuff i i, I tend not to do that on on road trips um i also find that in addition to the sing-along piece being important i need it to be like heartfelt like i need to be Ooh. able to like almost get pretty theatrical about it like yeah uh, really put on a performance in the car. It feels like a very safe, isolated place to like let my inner kid come out and yes. be back on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> like because singing. you're so isolated because you're Absolutely. in the car by yourself. You're an audience of one. You can just let it loose, right? Yep. There's like that's why you always see people like that's one of my favorite things though. You're like driving alongside someone and you <laughs> yes. see someone just going after it. Yeah, love that. I'm just like, yes, you do you. I think that's, you know, honestly, musicals are often my choices on, ah, on road yes. trips, especially when I was a little younger, um, a little bit less so now. But, uh, you know, as long as you know all the words to every musical <laughs> or to every song in the musical, uh, they can be great fun to, musicals to you know, pretend great. that I have the pipes for Les Mis. Uh, it's pretty fun <laughs> on the road. The great choice. Yes, I agree. Musicals are great <laughs> for a road trip, not just for families, for anyone. Yep, absolutely. You know, you mentioned staying awake like that. That is definitely a part of it. This that's a little different than volume for me. Like I, 
I need like kind of a pulsating driving, mm-hmm. like, you know, there needs to be a rhythm that is moving forward uh, as I'm driving, but there's yes, also agreed. a volume thing. My, my favorite music is the music that for, for a road trip is music that I can turn the volume like up inappropriately loud <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. uh, and, and really feel like, you know, it is submersing me on the road. And that is one of those things that is very different doing a solo road trip versus doing it with anyone else in the car, right? Solo road trip, you're like, yes, let it all hang out. Let's blast it. Something that's interesting is, so I go on a, an annual retreat with a buddy, and when we're on those retreat, or when we're on the road trip towards the retreats, we definitely like turn a song up every now and then, or like from time to time, sing at the top of our lungs. But it's not like a steady thing, even though I think both of us would agree that if we were on a solo road trip, the volume would be all the way up and we'd be singing along with every song. Yeah. Like I think, so it's interesting that you put one other person in the car uh, and even my family, I think I'm coming to learn that my family also likes having the music up and maybe not quite as loud as I like having it up, but I, I tend to like turn it way too down um, when we're on our family road trips. Uh, yeah. and, and I realized that, oh, I can turn this up a little bit and everybody's cool with it. Well, even if you have one other person in the car, just functionally, occasionally you would think that you have to talk to them. <laughs> so sure. like you're turning can't it down you, to say things. <laughs> can't you communicate through song? <laughs> <laughs> Not if it's like, don't hit that guy. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's, that's and then right. if you've got like kids in the car, then they're like doing their own thing. They're like on their iPads or whatever. Like then it's, you know, some people are tuned in the music. Some aren't usually. And maybe when you, you turn it up on the ones that everyone's into and then everyone kind of goes into their own thing. That would be my guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think for me, the, one of the last ones is I want something that's great front to back. Um, it needs to have few, if any, skippable tracks. Agreed. Um, I, I would look for the albums that even if it's not like every song is a banger, I look for song. I look for albums that every song is is listenable and, and I'm not really tempted to skip it. Yes. Um, and I don't 100 percent know why that is like, I, you know, I have a I have a phone that I can just press next on, you know, like it's it's real simple. Um, yeah. I don't have to leave my steering wheel. My steering wheel has a button or I can just skip a track. But when I reach for road trip albums. I really want the best stuff, like best front to back stuff. And I've noticed that, you know, when I look at my canon, like my favorite records, some of them are obviously front to back great stuff, but a lot of them have skippable tracks. Yeah. And it doesn't really deter me from saying this is one of my favorite albums or one of my, one of the albums I think is one of the best albums. That's interesting. That's interesting to think about that criteria for all the albums we're picking, because I almost always try to find and pick albums in my canon and for this show that are almost not skippable that like almost all the tracks if i can find one where every track is not where i don't have to skip anything that's ideal i think you know even if even if it's like nine out of ten i think that that would make the criteria for me but i'd really try to not skip tracks in terms of thinking about like the albums that i really love or like would would suggest for this so i i actually take that not just for road trips but i think i take that pretty seriously in general when picking like my favorite albums yeah that's that makes sense to me and i i doesn't it doesn't bother me if there's a <laughs> you know a filler track here or there um you know i mean obviously some of the best stuff doesn't have filler on it but i sure. think most most albums do and i, I don't know yeah. if that should and dang there's, it there's personal taste you know you're always gonna sure. like songs more than others and etc 
I have to say that one of my one of the ones that I was real close to picking tonight was was a personal choice as opposed to a a recommendation. Um, so I, I was having a real like, what is the Venn diagram moment tonight? Of I would like to pick an album that I often reach for in the car, but I don't actually think most people should reach for in the car. In fact, I might say I <laughs> I don't put my stamp of approval on this record because <laughs> it is so vulgar and so over the top. And that's the second run to run the jewels album. Oh my God. I love that album so much. <laughs> it's so fun and so vulgar. Like, <laughs> like I read something that their goal on that record was just to come up with stuff that made each other laugh. And so there's fine <laughs> lots of different ways to say F you to each other um, or F you to somebody. Yes. And they just come up with more and more creative ways to do that. <laughs> and some of them are rough, but man, it's fun. So, <laughs> like so now we found your pick for the best road trip family album <laughs> as opposed to yeah, that solo is I album can never do with my kids <laughs> you know i love run the jewels i love everything run the jewels does it's so much fun i that second one to me is is my favorite mix of lyrics and uh and and music um but it's also maybe the least deep of them. Like some of the other records actually get around to talking about meaningful, substantive things. And that one is just a lark. And I, (laughs) (laughs) but it did bring up this seventh criteria for me, which is I think my favorite solo road trip music has some sense of guilty pleasure, like not guilty pleasure. Like, like I think that it's a bad album or that I think it's, uh, you know, not something I would recommend just guilty pleasure in the sense of, uh, there aren't, I don't know how often I would reach for this if one other person was in the car. There's something really fun about uh, reaching for something that this is it. This is my time with this record uh, to just to just go for it. Weirdly, I think that's my like day to day driving around music. I think it's because like I don't get to listen to Run the Jewels at home, you know, like (laughs) to your point. So like putting in Run the Jewels really loudly when you're like driving down the street to the grocery store, it's just like some fun added into your day in between errands. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I think when I think of the um, the songs that I most love belting out, like uh, I'm happy to do an hour of Prince uh, on solo road trips. Uh, in a way that Great I wouldn't choice. necessarily reach for, you know, in a in a family family outing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sing along to Purple Rain for twenty minutes is is the best. That's oh, uh, so much fun. Get as loud as you can, and I guess you can't entirely air guitar with your hands on the wheel, but you can do a little air guitar yeah. with your hands on the wheel. <laughs> yeah. So I have this thing when I do long road trips, especially solo long road trips, I was doing I'm thinking about like a time for a time I was driving back and forth from Chicago to Cincinnati for work. And that's about a five hour drive. And every time I would put on my entire library and shuffle it. And like just so it was it was a surprise and delight where it was like, I don't know what's coming next. It could be anything from like decades of listening to music. And it would constantly, like, one, bring up songs I hadn't heard in forever. And I'd be like, oh, my God, yes. Like, I haven't listened to this in so long. And then it would, it would inevitably bring up tracks from albums that I hadn't really listened to that closely. And so it would bring up a lot of new music to me as well that was, like, buried in my library. And occasionally, it, I would find, like, a gem. I would be like, I love this song. Why haven't I listened to this, you know? 
Um, so that that's a really fun strategy, I think, for solo road trips, especially like just for the entertainment value, like not just enjoyment, but like it's like constantly new, which is fun. I think that there's, you know, because I grew up listening to the radio so much on road trips and, and I know you did, too. There, there's still some draw to that for me. Like, I don't I don't want to turn on the radio because they play the same songs every hour. You know, there's constant commercials. Um yeah. And I want a little more control over, you know, over what could be played. But some of my favorite playlists for road trips, you know, I, I've, I've stopped making like short playlists and started making these like thousands of songs long playlists and just hitting shuffle to get my own little Dave Sandell radio station going. Yeah. <laughs> and I have like, you know, my 90s station and my everything I've ever loved station and, you know, my hip hop station. Uh, and I'll just tune into that for an hour and hit shuffle. And nice. That's great fun. Now, I assume that when you were doing family road trips, though, you were one of the kids in the back seat with their headphones on listening to your own thing, drowning out whatever your parents were listening to, right? I was definitely one of those kids. Yeah, but they were they were only listening to talk radio. It was very rare that we listened to music on the way to places. Uh, I think I actually would have been fine listening to more of to more music if we had. My dad was a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Um, he had very few cassettes in his in his vehicle but one of them was like this live jimmy buffett cassette uh he just played it (laughs) to death and uh i i don't like jimmy buffett very much but i sure love jimmy buffett on a road trip um you know nostalgic value i love that yeah i i remember i had this very great memory of like i'm listening to my cds in the back and my parents are listening to their own thing and my dad like thought he would like extend an olive branch and he was like Hey, instead of playing that, you know, in your in your CD player, why, why don't we play it here? Um, it was The Offspring, <laughs> and he was definitely like, "What the hell is this? I'm not putting this." On. Like, I don't think we got through one song. He was like, "Nope." <laughs> Did he take it away? <laughs> no, no. He oh, was just like, "No, not for me." <laughs> That Offspring record, this the Smash album, uh, has a lot of questionable lyrics. I don't think I totally <laughs> caught what they were saying as a kid. And maybe yeah. some of us just changed because, like, guns in schools is now, and, like, mass shootings are now, like, a real thing that's happening as opposed yes. to, like, some, like, dark kid's fantasy. So as a kid, when I was listening to these songs, there was some catharsis and like, oh, hearing what he was talking about. Because it was just like, yeah, I want to get revenge on everybody. And now I listen to him like, oh, you want to get revenge on everybody? Like, this is not okay. Yeah, These lyrics are, are rough. Hits different. It sure does. <laughs> I do I do still love that album, though. <laughs> I was probably listening to that or X Day on the Ombre. I imagine it was one of those, but yeah, good, both good times. Both good times. So I'm going to jump in and tell you my pick for the best album for a solo road trip. And that is a record that, for me, passes the time, helps me stay awake, I have significant heartfelt sing-alongs. There's a ton of variety within it. I can listen to it at huge volumes, and it's great front to back. And most importantly, there is a small guilty pleasure of it because this album was not written for me, and that is Robin's Body Talk. Fantastic fun. Oh, I did not see that coming. Good choice. <laughs> how uh, how familiar are you with Body Talk? Uh, not that familiar. I wouldn't say that, like, I know Robin, obviously I know Robin's songs, but I've never gone deep in, into Robin. I know, 
ironically, my business partner, whose name is Robin, loves Robin, and I've listened to Robin with Robin. But <laughs> beyond that context, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I would say that beyond that, like context of kind of like party energy where someone's putting Robin on, if that makes sense. I haven't really gone deep with Robin myself. So for my money, Robin is the best pure pop artist that I've ever heard. I think that she is like, I genuinely mean that. I think that her, the three albums since she left her label, you know, uh, the self-titled body talk and honey, uh, that's kind of like late career resurgence that she had And late career is tricky because it started when she was like 26 or something like that. So she's still quite young when this all began, but I think she's roughly our age, roughly my age. Uh, but this like last three records that she's made are front to back masterpieces. I don't mm. think there's a bad song on them, and I think almost every single track is is near perfect and so fun and so exciting to sing along with. And it's actually very hard to me to choose between them because her self titled is kind of this opening salvo. Every song is a banger, uh, you know, front to back. Maybe even a little more consistent than Body Talk. Like I, I don't think there's any tracks on, on on Robin that I skip, and her most recent record, Honey, is like super moody and has that kind of slightly sad but ultimately hopeful vibe that you right. know is kind of like my kryptonite. Um, and if <laughs> I were forced to choose like a quote unquote favorite Robin record, that might be it. Like that might be the one that I'd reach for as like this one spoke to me in some some meaningful way. Um, but. And if it ends up being her last record, I really hope it's not, but if it ends up being her her last record, then it's like a five-star exit with no skips. But for me, the one that's best for hitting the road, and probably the one I would mark as her best album, is Body Talk. And that's a, you know 2010, kind of this culmination of a year where she released essentially three EPs. So she released Body Talk Part 1, Body Talk Part 2, and then the full album Body Talk, where she took the best parts of the first two EPs, threw on another you know, four or five songs on top of it and, and called it her second proper album. And man, this record just like front to back, like if it was an instrumental album, it would still be pretty great. I might actually <laughs> be willing to like, just put this on and listen to it. Cause there's so much movement. So lots of big moments. That's a quiet moments. It kind of like pulsates with life. Um, there's this range of emotion and big notes that she hits, uh, in a way that's a little bit different than her first record. Um, and it kicks off with dancing on my own and dancing on my own is this like, you know, you've just got to like pump your fist yeah. and, and like be okay in your own skin and like <laughs> let the world know, like I'm going to survive this, uh, despite the fact that he broke my heart <laughs> and track four indestructible is this like, just like I dare you to put it on at full volume and open your heart to it and not have the, like the time of your life, like belting it out while going seven, 70 miles per hour. <laughs> like it's just a, a perfect big anthemic song. Um, the, you know, hang with me is a killer track. And I guess the, 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 the most important piece though is, is there a better song to sing along with in history than call your girlfriend? Call Your Girlfriend to me is it. As far as like, I hear the song and I have to like immediately stop what I'm doing and sing along with it. And if I'm alone, I can do it loudly with, you know, all sorts of personality and all sorts of drama 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that my, like, inner teenage girl <laughs> is, like, <laughs> fully ready to embrace the world uh, as, I, as I listen to that record. And that's where it's, like, a guilty pleasure because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this record was not written for me. I don't think <laughs> that I was her target audience. <laughs> no. But, man, these songs are just, like, super invigorating and alive. But, I mean, my question is, does this not, like... Uh, make you want to dance and you can't really dance while you're driving or can you have you figured out some like secret secret driving technique you drive with your knee and you're throwing your hands in the air what do you mean you can't dance while you're driving you have to (laughs) dance while you're driving (laughs) i'm actually shocked that you don't dance while you're driving i i can't say that i i normally do i sing very loudly but i don't i i don't move my body that much that is that is fair do you do you enjoy dancing at all like if you're at a mm. wedding, will you be happy to get on the dance floor for a little bit? I'm 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 hit or miss when it comes to dancing, wedding dancing in particular. But dancing, yeah, if it's if it's in the right context, like if I'm at a good concert, oh for sure, you know. Um, and if it's like at a yeah, I I think I I was doing a fair bit of dancing at the last wedding I went to. So okay, I yeah. I think that I think you should give it a shot, Caleb. I think on your next solo <laughs> road trip. You should put on a big danceable record and just have a little, I mean, obviously you can't flail around in the front seat. (laughs) Like you can't throw caution to the wind and let go of the steering wheel. But I think that there is a a healthy amount of movement you can do. I mean, I find like if I'm at work and I'm listening to something, like I'm kind of nodding along, tapping my foot. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. And so then you're just taking that like another level up. I mean, yeah, I mean, your body's moving, you're getting into the rhythm. I just, I don't know that I would consider that dancing. When you, when you said, oh, Caleb, you should give it a try. I had this um, banner image go through my head of, in local news, man causes three (laughs) car pileup. And when asked why, he said, I was attempting to dance. (laughs) I, I guess what's probably true is that this song is best for like being in your room alone and jumping around on your bed, like that yeah. episode of Girls that features it prominently. Yes, uh, right. But uh, I think just any time you can sing along to this is the right time. Yeah. And you got to move a little bit. I do a, love that okay. this like matches back to your criteria of like, what's the most embarrassing thing I can do alone that I can't do with people? I definitely hear this. It, it definitely falls into the car. Like, you know how, you know, how everyone does this. You listen to things in the car you can't listen to in other places because you're alone. It's in a controlled environment. You listen to, you know, something really loudly. You sing along with it. You kind of, you're, it, it is your, the car in general, I feel like is your guilty pleasure space, right? Okay. Yeah, for sure. And so this falls into that where you're just like, I'm going to embrace my inner teenage girl here because I can't do it in public. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I often feel. A desire and invitation for my wife and kids to dance more in the house Ooh. and to be more demonstrative, uh, you know, get into my body and sing and dance around and be playful. And for whatever reason, I have a hard time summoning it. And I don't 100% understand why that is. I, I can struggle to summon the courage to do that at home while other people are watching. Like when somebody's watching me, I like I get really uncomfortable and like really nervous. And, you know, part of that is, I guess, I have introvert tendencies and, you know, um, there's probably some shame stuff in there somewhere mm. uh, that that I could unearth more. Um, but there's something about, like, 
I like dancing around and I like singing at the top of my lungs, but I struggle to do it in front of other people. And so in the car alone, I feel like kind of complete freedom. I feel very anonymous. Like if somebody sees me while I'm driving 70 miles an hour on the highway, like so be it. Like it's so unlikely that person is ever going to see me again. Exactly. Um, And there's probably something to be said for they're seeing me at my best. Like I wouldn't be, (laughs) I I wouldn't necessarily be embarrassed. Uninhibited free (laughs) self. Yeah, I love it. I, I think that I would like to, but it's hard because, you know, we, we talk sometimes about like, what if you just go for it? Um, what if you just like, don't feel that way and just dance, like just set that aside and just dance. And I'm not a set that aside guy. Like I really struggle <laughs> with this idea of you can just set aside deep, you know, fears and, and inhibitions that you have. Um, and I think I'd like to do that more. I'd like I'd like this to become a family album, you know, an album that we can play in the living room and yeah. dance around to. But for now, this is my safe spot, my little happy place, <laughs> is dancing along to Robin, you know, on on the highway. I love uh, while that. I'm driving to some ideally good destination and not sad destination. <laughs> All of our podcast listeners are now collectively willing you to dance in public. Oh boy, that's too much pressure. If you drive by a grown man in the car, living his best life, dancing like his teenage girl heart is going to burst, just give him a wave and a thumbs up, because that's just somebody trying to live their best life. That's right. Never (laughs) mention it to them if you see them again. Just let it be a thing that happened and that everybody enjoyed. I love that. I love that you went with Robin. That's, that's, That's really fun. Now I, I now now I want a long road trip to be able to put this in and attempt to attempt uh, to, to dance. I love it. Uh, so tell me your your pick for best album for a solo road. Yeah. So I have to set a little bit of the context for how I approach this because I I did a lot of road tripping in college, and I did a lot of listening to music because I I lived about four and a half hours away from my hometown, and so anytime I would go home, it would be kind of a music marathon of listening to listening to music and this is one of the albums that i went back to a lot because it had come out it came out a few years earlier again classic caleb came to it a little bit late than when it was popular but oh man for a you know existentially consistently existentially in crisis college student excellent album for a road trip it has all the the energy i wanted it has the like you know melodic low notes in terms of the ballads. Um, it has sing-alongs. It's got all of that, and that is "This Desert Life" by Counting Crows. I want to start with just the sing-along element. It comes out of the gate with "Hanging Around." If you, you know, just a, I remember this being on the radio. It was just such a fun song to sing along to. Um, but it also, like, again, is it, like this whole, there's like a nostalgia element coming through this whole album about like getting out of your hometown, you know, getting out of your circumstances. That's a theme throughout a lot of Counting Crows music, of course. But you can imagine me, this like college kid that's literally just left my hometown and like thinking about what I'm going to do the rest of my life really resonating with these uh you know lyrics that are about like oh i just been i just been hanging around like i gotta get i gotta get going doing something you know um mrs potter's lullaby which is track two is maybe the best road song road trip song ever written hey, mrs. Potter, I know 
and I have no, I have no notes. <laughs> I mean, it it's is. just, it's got this driving, like melodic beat, piano driven. Um, like I just can't not picture myself driving with the like window down, like listening to this. Oh, it's just so fun. Um, and that song I, is I almost eight minutes long. It's and, so long. And not a, and it, it <laughs> so does not long. feel like it. It feels like he could go on for another 20 and I'd be super happy. Yes. It's so good. Um, I mean, I just, I could talk about every single song on this or every single track on this because I, I love it. The, a couple of other I'll call out, like some of the more, um, you know, ballady stuff like Colorblind, which is a pretty popular song. Um, oh, God. And it and was in Cruel Intentions that year, which is what <laughs> I still think about, like in terms of it being on that soundtrack. Um, oh, God. What was uh, St. Robinson and his Cadillac Dream? Also great, like same kind of vibe as Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. The one, the one other one I'll call out. Kid Things was a buried track on my CD. Do you remember when they used to do this? Oh, sure. Like the hidden tracks. When, yes, the hidden tracks at the end of albums where it would be like the last song would be like a 13 minute you know, <laughs> track. And you're like, what is this? And if you just kept it on and you were patient, another song would be there. But the problem with that strategy is you can't just listen to that song whenever you want. It's a pain in the ass to get to. And to me, Kid Things is in the same category as like hanging around and it's like super fun singing at the top of your lungs kind of sing-along vibe. And I was like, why can't I just listen to this song? So I'm, I'm grateful in the era of streaming that you now you can just listen to Kid Things. You don't have to like listen to St. Robinson and his Cadillac dreams, wait five minutes and then listen to get things. It presented a real problem when you were making mix CDs, because yeah. if you wanted to include last tracks, you often had to find a way to like load it up in like a DAW and take the last half of it out or at least shorten the silence somehow. Like the silences yeah. could go on for, for ages. I remember, you know, listening to kid a and, and, genuinely not knowing there was a hidden track that's my favorite record of all time and genuinely didn't know there was a little bit of music at the end because it's so long afterwards and, yep you know i just didn't i guess i just didn't have the patience for it when it first came out um i was just eager to start it over again and i wasn't willing to sit in silence for you know back back then you could sit and hold your little you know, fast forward button on a CD player, but you couldn't like say jump to this time, or at least the, the technology that I had at my disposal, I couldn't say just jump, yeah. jump ahead to this. Uh, so are you, you know, when you think back to music in your, you know, formative years, are you nostalgic for hidden tracks? Like when you first listened to a record to find out what was there or were they annoying even at the time? No, good riddance. <laughs> I, I thought it was the most frustrating dumbest thing i mean i get it from an artistic perspective i guess it's like kind of a surprise and delight thing but it works once and then every other time it's like i just want to listen to the song and, and is it worth the, the effort is it worth the effort to listen to the song it has to be really good oftentimes it was like really like weird stuff that people would tack on yes you know 10 minutes later you know, I think about right. like the end of, Ner of Nevermind where Endless Nameless comes on. And it's just noise for, yes. you know, several minutes. Yeah. And then you what would end up happening is you can't just like shuffle it or like when that song comes on, like 
again, you, it's just playing the background. And you're like, oh, hold on. I got to go skip. You know, like it's like then you can't just get to the rest of the music. You can't have that playing in the background. So I, I just think it was always a nuisance. And I'm I'm fine not having that be a thing anymore. Anyway, back to the album. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, just give this context, like Counting Crows was kind of at the peak of their popularity, I would say at this point. Like they had done August and everything after um they had you know had had some popular success they done august and everything after they done recovering the satellites i mean just there's some great obviously they're pro- they're maybe their most known or like playable <laughs> every single you know guitarist out in the world knows how to play like mrs jones right like everybody knows that from august and everything after but you also had a long december on recovering the satellites is very popular and so this was really like capitalizing on a wave of i think success uh popular success for a while and this i i think i would probably venture to say this is the album when they peaked that would be my guess i mean hard candy was pretty good not as good as this and then i think from there honestly like everything they came out with i kind of stopped paying attention to just honestly so i i think this is probably where counting crows peaked for me and in general for popular culture um but I think that it really scratched a 90s itch of pop kind of rock that was just, it's hard to, like, Counting Crows is just such a 90s album in so many ways, but I think that this album endures because I, I'm one of those people, again, we talked about high-risk, high-reward voices. I think Adam Doris is definitely is in that category. <laughs> I've had friends who have been like, oh, God, I hate his voice. I can't listen to Counting Crows. Um, I also think he is, he takes a lot of risks with his lyricism and his melodies in ways that are like, that aren't necessarily like what you would expect. I think he does more on August and everything after. I mean, I'm thinking about the opening track round here is just sounds like a spoken word poem, you know, like in terms of how he's singing it. And so, you know, they've always, they've always had a little bit of that kind of like beatnik feel a little bit about their lyrics and lyricism. Um, I think he does that a little less on this album. So it's a little more structured and poppy, but he, but the, but the lyrics themselves are just so poignant and so like beautiful. And, you know, again, betray that like nostalgia combined with, Oh God, I've got to get the hell out of here. You know, like, <laughs> like a lot of just, Oh, I mean, I've been hanging around this town. Um, you know, you get to Amy hit the atmosphere and it's Amy hit the atmosphere, caught herself a rocket ride out of this gutter, you know, like all my friends all my friends and lovers shine like the sun and I just turn and walk away. Like it's a lot of like everyone's succeeding. Why am, why aren't I, you know, again, very relatable. It hit the right spot for me. So I want to say two things about this desert life. Number one, this album rips. Like <laughs> I, I think I've always said recovering the satellites is my favorite counting crows record. Uh, this is better. This is, this is so <laughs> the highs are so high. It is so good. I've had so much fun listening to it uh all week long uh since you said you were gonna pick it my second point is does colorblind kind of suck like is it just a little too saccharine <laughs> i am colorblind coffee black i, feel like I do not, agree i feel like it's not age well not because of like I don't think he was ever talking about colorblindness like we talk about, like, don't see race. Oh, sure, yeah. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something different. He's probably talking about depression. Um, but I feel like it's very overdramatic and and very over the top. And I, I find that I used to, like, listen to it and feel very deeply. And now I listen to it and I think, like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not... 
<laughs> You're not Elliot Smith. Like, move on. Oh, my God. Um, I do agree that it is not as great of a song as I as I thought it was when it first came out. I actually learned how to play this on piano, and I don't even play piano. I, but I thought it was that, that good and, and that uh, interesting. Um, I think he's saying I'm colorblind because I think he's trying to say he has no depth. Like, it's a self-reflective thing. Like coffee black and it like i'm black and white i don't know anyway um but i i do agree that it's not as great of a track however i will still listen to it it's not a skippable track on this record for me no 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 I skip it's it. not it's not it hasn't <laughs> lost enough luster to be a skippable track for me but i do agree that it's not my favorite track on this record and it is probably a little a little much comparatively but it used to be right songs. like it used to be one of your favorites and it used to feel like really Yes, it used to be one of my favorites. Yes, yeah. In terms of like, I'm driving down, you know, I'm on a date with a girl and I'm like, oh, listen to this song. <laughs> I was, I've gotten to a, a Ben Folds kick a couple oh, years ago. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And uh, I was re-listening to a bunch of their, their old albums and Brick came on. And I remember Brick, when I first heard it, feeling like, oh, I'm going to start crying. This is such an amazing song. And listening to it now and being like, I... Yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. It's a little manipulative. This feels a little over the top. Do you feel like that um, is a like sign of the times more than music? Is like, have we have we gotten to the point where we have kind of remixed and redone all of that kind of saccharine emotion in, in so many different ways that now it just like we can't get there? Like, what? I guess here's That's my question: Is what songs now? make you feel like brick and colorblind did when they came out well so certainly poke a frightened rabbit uh, uh like i'll listen to that song on repeat if i just need to feel something um that's such a good song uh, uh yeah that's a great that's a great question off the top of my head it's hard to it's hard to immediately pinpoint them uh and there were a lot of songs like that in the 90s i feel like there were a lot of kind of were. like i'm thinking about lightning crashes by live oh and, yeah definitely. um and a lot of this was the videos you know like lightning crashes with the you know, the, whatever was happening there, miscarriage or, or a stillbirth. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I mean, you know, really intense music video. Uh, with thinking the angel kind of hovering over the room. Uh, you know, these are some heavy subject matters that popular bands were taking on. Uh, you know, if color, if colorblind is about depression or if it's even about his you know, own sense of lack of depth, I think those are really, those are worthy topics for writing songs to. I just, for some reason, this song feels very manipulative. Anyway, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I, I enjoy <laughs> this album front to back. Uh, I don't always skip colorblind, but I find sometimes that when I get to it, I like it. Like stops. Like it. It pauses my enjoyment, my pure enjoyment of the record. I do agree that it's got a like distinctly different feel from all the other songs. It's almost like they wrote it for the Cruel Intention soundtrack, and then we're like, oh, shit, let's just put it on the album, too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's, it was hugely popular. I'm yeah. sure they made lots of money because of Colorblind. <laughs> it probably helped with the depression part. I know that you don't rank records as obsessively as I do, but where is this Desert Life on like your favorite records list? Oof. So we're talking about my favorite records, not best records of all time. Do you do you rank do you rank yours the same? Like do you do you consider your ranking of your canon the best records for Dave? I think I know I've asked you this before. Is it the best records for Dave or is it the best records? It's the best it's my favorite record. I don't here's the thing. 
if you need somebody to tell you that Sergeant Peppers is good or that, you know, Pet Sounds is good, Rolling Stones got your back. You know, like there's yeah. there's plenty of people <laughs> that will tell you all about Abbey Road. I'm just not interested anymore. Like I, I, I've heard the canon in its entirety. There are very few records left on like the, that, that, you know, like commonly pop up on these lists. Uh, I find that some of them are, are awesome and age very well. Some of them are, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't get the hype. Some of them are what's going on and what's going on is like perfect front to back and, and probably should be number <laughs> one or two on every list ever made. Um, but the thing is, is I don't ever listen to what's going on Marvin Gaye for those of you who are just joining us <laughs> and are not as musically nerdy as Caleb and I, um, <laughs> you know, I don't listen to what's going on all that often. And so how valuable is it for me to tell you that what's going on is one of the five greatest records ever made? I'd much rather hear about what's like in your heart. So I am only interested in where this does a life sits for you in your heart <laughs> in my heart i love that by the way i know that conversation about how you rank your your albums is definitely one we've had that that is one of those <laughs> conversations yes. we've had on this podcast at least three or four times um in my heart i would say that this desert life is at least top 10 yeah yeah i don't i don't know if it's top five i think that might be a little much but i think it's top 10 i think i've listened to this record front to back more times than I can count, including on those road trips, but also just like, like when my, you know, we'll put it on around the house. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's just like it always hits that like perfect mix of like nostalgia and fun and like taking me on a journey. I know I say that about every album, but you can see that that there's a pattern with the music I love is it takes me on a journey. There's highs, there's lows, there's emotion, there's um, you know, there's everything built into a small package, and and that's what this desert life is for me. So I want to ask you just a couple questions about that because I'm I'm super interested in this uh, because it's one of your favorites. So this record comes out in '99. You said you didn't necessarily get to it till a couple years later. Is that true? Yeah, I would say more like 2001. So who were you in 2001? Like, what was going on in your life when you first fell in love with this record? I mean, I was a freshman in college, so I was uh, literally just I would say just starting life. Like I just left my hometown um, and just just starting you know everything everything about who i would become i mean i was i it took me a couple of years i would say to um find my footing in any kind of like vision about what i wanted to do after college so the like liminal space between that like okay here's what i'm gonna do when i leave and like I just left my hometown and I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I don't know what I'm going to major in. I don't even know what I want to make. I don't know what I want to, you know, learn or who I want to become. There was a lot of like identity play elements, you know, just in terms of like, I can finally be a new person because I've left all the people that used to know me. Do you know what I mean? Like that was one thing that was really scary, but also really exciting about when I left for college is that I went to a college. None of the people in my hometown went to. So I had a complete, I had an opportunity to complete re completely reinvent myself. And I was listening to music that was like about identity play. And I think that's what this is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When you listen to it now, does it evoke all that same stuff for you? For sure. If I, if, if I'm listening to it on a road trip, when I have to have a chance to like still hear Adam Duritz's lyrics, 
if it's just like in the background, it's probably more like sing along, you know, when I when I hear like hanging around or something and I'm like singing along with it mindlessly. Still very fun, but maybe, you know, I don't don't remember who I was back when I was listening to something like Amy hit the atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you share this with Carolyn? You guys got together pretty pretty early in college, is that right? Oh, yes. This holds a lot of nostalgic value for her because of how much she listened to it with me when we were dating, for sure. So I would uh, assume that this is going into the Caleb canon. Definitely in the Caleb canon, for sure. Would you think this would make, make the Dave canon? That's a great question. I, I think I really like this record. I've never been a Counting Crows fan full stop like i've never yeah they've never been a band that really like stayed with me i actually probably enjoy them more now than i did uh the first 23 years of their 20 years of their <laughs> career um i i've found things to really like about them but as i've listened to this album more in the last several years uh it's just a really romping good time like it's it's fun to sing along to it's easy it is uh, it fits perfectly uh, uh, a singular mood that few other things, uh, you know, hit. So I think I'm happy for this to live in kind of the Dave and Caleb canon. I don't know if it goes into my own yet, uh, but I will say because you love it so much, I've been listening to it more, and and I appreciate I especially imagining who you were then. I, I enjoyed hearing you say that just now because that gives it a new flavor to listen to next time that I listen to it. Uh, imagining, you know, Caleb beginning his life and, and forming his own identity and, 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 you know, you choosing who you want to be. I, you know, I had similar experiences in college with, with different soundtracks um, and, and thinking about this record sitting in that place for you is, is really special to me because <laughs> I love um, you so much. Uh, oh, so that's, you. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I love this record. I'd be happy to put it in my canon, you know, just out of, just out of like pure, this brings me a lot of joy to listen to because that was joy brings you to listen to. Um, but no, so I, I it doesn't blog in my I have canon. two, two recent memories of this. Well, semi-recent, um, that aren't related to when I first fell in love with it. One is listening in, listening to music with you in my backyard. And this was one of the things I told you that I loved. And, and you said, oh, if you love Counting Crows, you should probably listen to Frightened Rabbit. And then you got me into Frightened Rabbit because you, you said that this that oh, they could fun. be bridge to that. I didn't know that. Do you not remember that? That's, not at all. That was oh, a long God, time ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago, but I remember <laughs> that was that was it. Because I was like, oh, I loved this album by Counting Crows. And you were like, oh, I think you'll really love Midnight Organ Fight by Frightened Rabbit. That was the equivalent. And of course, that's now one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, so that's a great memory that just is associated with this. And another one is we've listened to this now in our house so much that the kids recognize the album art and they oh. call Counting Crows the fishbowl guy. They're <laughs> like, like are we listening to the fishbowl guy? Oh, yeah. And they'll see the album art. and They'll be like, yeah, the fishbowl guy. And for those listening and are not familiar with the artwork on this desert life, it is a man in a suit um, with a fishbowl for a head. <laughs> and a little <laughs> like, uh, derby hat on top. Yeah, a little bowler cap <laughs> on the top. <laughs> yeah. It's very iconic. It feels very like a very iconic cover. Yeah. And and the okay, I gotta tell the whole story now. The reason why we call it the fishable guy is one day we were listening to it in the car and Caroline was like, Oh, wouldn't it be great to like make this a Halloween costume one day? And then everyone would get like what you were doing. And we were we were like, No, they wouldn't. This album came out like <laughs> twenty five years ago. <laughs> what are you no talking way. about? Not a person. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not a reference anyone's going to understand. I don't know that I would yet. I, maybe I would. I guess if you walked in with a fistful <laughs> on your head and, and, a, and this hat and this suit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know it's, a <laughs> it's, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. All right, so tell me some of your honor. Oh, actually, let me talk about Body Talk for a minute. Body Talk absolutely is in my canon. Um, nice. You, you don't seem quite as, you don't have your same heart spot for Robin. So I'm no, I'm going to, I mean, I want to dig into Robin now. Like, I just don't listen to like a lot of dance in general. Like, and, and I feel like when I, when I find something that resonates with me, it really resonates. And I want to, I want to give Robin a shot. Cause I know a lot of people, including you who really love Robin. Um, and so I'm definitely going to put it on and, and see, I can imagine like this being, I like highly energetic music when I'm working, especially I think that I'm going to try it in that context for sure. Yeah. It'll be good as long as you can stop yourself from singing yeah. at the top of your lungs and dancing around your room. Exactly. Now I'm just going to have to dance. I won't get any work done. I'll blame you. It'll be a whole thing. <laughs> you can just live stream it for Instagram. <laughs> Tell me some of your honorable mentions. Yeah. I ha- My one honorable mention, and I actually like thought about this one for being, you know, like replacing this desert life, which would have been a lot for me, um, is Donnie Trumpet. Oh, and- sure. Yeah, I, I, if you're not familiar with Donnie Trumpet, um, there was an album in 2015 called Surf that came out under the um, nom de plume Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment by Nico Segal. And it was really a collaboration between him and Chance the Rapper. Um, so there's a lot of Chance on this album, but it also features, oh my God, Erica Badu, Busta Rhymes, Janelle Monet, Big Sean. I mean, it's just a fun romp like they're just all having so much fun on this and it's like got this jazzy i mean obviously with the trumpet like instrumental vibe combined with these hip-hop beats and you know it's got slip slide is a fun banger at the top and then you've got sunday candy which is just this like nostalgic thing that chance does at the end talking about like you know sundays at his grandma's house and in between, you've got this storytelling that happens with all these artists um, on these different tracks playing together and, and creating art together. And I just I listened to this on a road trip a few years back, and I was already loving some of the like individual tracks on this. And I just ended up falling in love with the whole thing. It's just this beautiful work of art um, that, you know, I still really love. That was definitely my honorable mention. I was, uh, you know, I think it's just so hard to dethrone my love of um you know uh this desert life for this particular purpose because it's just the perfect context for it but this this came in a close second like i i think i really really loved listening to this one in a car on a road trip um some oh i got lucky and saw uh so so nico siegel used to be in a band called kids these days uh so they're all from chicago with vic mensa and a bunch of other folks yeah um i think many of whom went on to be a part of this, you know, social experiment collective. Uh, so they played Lollapalooza kind of in the middle of the day on like an unassuming side stage. And I was just walking by it. And the energy that was going, like coming from that stage, this like youthful, these kids are just up there having a great time, like playing their hearts out, having so much fun. It was so joyful. Uh, that left a real mark on me. Like these kids, like I was really excited to follow their careers because it felt like, oh, this is new. This is exciting. And then it all kind of blew up, you know, in a good way. You know, like they got yeah. huge and um, maybe not huge, but they got very popular and, and they fit this really specific kind of feel good, positive vibes 
space along with Chance the Rapper. Uh, and I, I just, I, I, I remember that, that Donnie Trumpet experience of, uh, oh, this kid like has so much heart and, and he's so talented, uh, and just fused from his body on, on this side stage of Lollapalooza. Oh, super fun. That's a great experience. Um, another honorable mention for me. I mean, I just, I feel like you can't go on a road trip and not listen to Tom Petty. Like I just, (laughs) like it was Tom Petty. Was there an artist? meant for the the road more than tom petty so yeah not to spoil not to spoil like a future episode but a road trip with your family especially if you're in like the mountains in tennessee wildflowers is it man wildflowers is that's what i was gonna say i can't wait to do that episode so that we can just talk about wildflowers for an hour yeah this will be both of our picks (laughs) yep so wildflowers was was one of my honorable mentions what what were some of yours there's so many i mean the ones i really considered uh last splash by the breeders uh, because it's super fun to sing along to. There's tons of variety. It's never not interesting. Um, it's kind of front to back. Every track is killer. And the Breeders are one of my like 10 favorite bands of all time. And so I, I keep looking for a reason to talk about them on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> one of these days, it's going to fit perfectly, and I'll be happy to, to go on and on. Certainly Purple Rain by Prince. I have a lot. I have a weird history with Prince, and I want to talk about that at some point on, on this podcast too. Uh, but I can I happily do Purple Rain for an hour in the car. I thought about a couple double albums, uh, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder and Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins, two completely different vibes, um, but two albums where there's so much variety and, and joy and big loud volume and lots of sing-alongs uh, that I'd be happy to do like two hours with each of those albums. And, and Oh yeah, uh, there's a lot of, lot of listen at full volume tracks on Melancholy for sure. Yep. And then, you know, I, I really love, uh, it's fun to rap in your car. <laughs> That's another guilty pleasure thing. It's a like, safe space, Dave. It's a, it's safe, a safe space. space. So, you know, I mean, some of that is like ill communication, of course, but then, you know, the run the jewels record, uh, you know, midnight marauders, De La soul, all the like, um, kind of old school Buster rhymes. Like there's, there's albums by a bunch of those guys. So, you know, uh, the Wu-Tang clans, uh, first big album, 36 chambers, uh, into the Wu-Tang, um, just any rap record where you have all the lyrics memorized, but that's more of a blanket recommendation. It's not necessarily saying like those <laughs> records are the ones it's more of a, it's really fun to memorize a rap album and, and do it at the top of your voice, uh, on the road. And then this very personal, uh, very obscure band called the urge that I just simply must talk about soon. Um, and their, <laughs> their record, uh, either master of styles or receiving the gift of flavor. I always put those on at some point in every every solo road trip. Nice. Those are good options. Yeah, man. So uh, let's real quick, before we wrap up, what are you listening to this week? Oh, man. I think you and I are both really digging this new album call, uh, from Youth Lagoon called Heaven is a Junkyard. Um, re- I mean, I've found several contexts to play that in uh, this week that have just, like, what a beautiful record. I am just I think that might end up being on one of my top tens for the the year. We'll see, but it's it's so good. I feel like I'm still like letting it settle in. It's a really, really good record. Every time I've yeah. listened to it, um, I found something new to appreciate. Although my it like kind of wears my patience a little bit. Like I, I oh, sometimes don't get all the way through it. 
And I feel like I just need to sit down one day and just do it. Like, just cause it's so good. Everything's so good. It doesn't like I, I get bored with it and, you know, want to stop listening. It's just that it's very quiet. It's a quiet record. Um, mm-hmm. It has moments of, of um, energy and, and, and liveliness, uh, but it's a pretty soft spoken record. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking forward to giving it some more time. Um, yeah, but, you should definitely get all the way through because some of the last tracks are some of my favorite. Like it ends. Just oh, that's like, good to know. Yeah, ends pretty beautifully. And the other thing I've been listening to is a uh, a new album from Christine and the Queens called Paranoia Angels True Love. Um, also, just really, really beautiful, but all but fun in a more poppy way than I would say Youth Lagoon, which is more like indie. But um, I I don't I don't know. That's one where like I keep really loving the first half and not getting to the second half and i need to like sit with that one a little bit more it's a very um long album it's a three discs i love it when streaming services call them discs like who's 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 using discs um three discs i mean it's just like me calling things records (laughs) i know right (laughs) um three discs of six to seven tracks each so you know like there's a reason why I haven't gotten through the whole thing, but I've very much been enjoying it. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I will check that out. Uh, so the stuff I've been listening to this week is actually a whole slew of singles. Uh, so like Slow Dive just announced that they have a new record. And so their first song is called Kisses and it's, it's beautiful and typical Slow Dive, you know, stuff. Uh, there's a new Aphex Twin song. Uh, just I saw out of that nowhere, thought of he you. put an EP out. The, the, new EP, the EP isn't out yet, but uh, the first song is called Black Box Life Recorder 21F. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. It's a masterpiece. I, I, I think it might be one of my immediately one of my favorite things that he's made. Um, it's just soulful and heartfelt and uh, in a way that sometimes his music is very cold and, and distancing. Mm-hmm. He, he sort of runs either super warm or super cold and and this is on the super warm end and i really liked it uh you know royzen murphy just put out another single for her forthcoming album i think i i talked about this last week on our um the the album that i'm most looking forward to is royzen murphy's uh album that's coming out in september with dj cozy making like doing all the music uh fader is the name of the song and give the music video a, a chance it's it's a really joyful mm-hmm. music video um but the one that i want to shout out is Bending Hectic by The Smile. The Smile is uh, obviously two of my, um, two of the most important musicians uh, in the Dave Cannon, Tom York, and Johnny Greenwood. Uh, Their side project is called The Smile. It was my favorite record of last year. And when we saw them live, Keelan and I saw them live together. When we saw them live, they played this song, you know, kind of smashed in the middle of it called Bending Hectic. And uh, it's kind of, you know, normal smile, like meandering, like really interesting and really like uh, musically really profound, but kind of meandering, thoughtful, um, kind of typical music. And then all of a sudden it just goes into this like huge, like 1990s crunchy guitar anthem uh where they're just like wailing on the stage for several minutes and it was i was just so i felt like i was having like an epiphany like an out-of-body experience watching this so much so that i went home and found rips of it on youtube and like or i found um you know uh 
like iPhone footage of it on YouTube and, and ripped it off of YouTube and put it in my uh, my iTunes library so that I could listen to it. These like kind of poor quality things. And they put briefly put out a live version of it last year that the sound mixing was just all off on. So I was nervous. I was like, this has potentially one of my favorite songs ever. And I don't know if they know what made it so special. But good news, they did. Uh, the the song that they released this week, you know, the full studio treatment, they added strings to it. The strings are give me chills. Uh, it has the huge waves of guitar sound. Uh, it's like a wall of crescendo that uh, I have just had on near repeat all week. Uh, and I'm always happy listening to it. I am. Uh, I, I had intended to not go see them when they came back in Chicago uh, in July because, you know, we're going to be. Uh, heading on vacation soon after that. And, you know, it's just more money and we've seen them already. And then they put this out and I was like, Oh, should I go see them? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So uh, the smiles bending hectic is a a track that I don't even know if people are going to like it, but I sure do. I didn't even know we could do singles on the, this is supposed to be best album. I didn't even know singles when we were listening to that's an option. All rules are off when it comes to the end of the show. We've done our homework. We've done our work. We can be honest that we also listen to playlists and singles. Yeah, this is our tin box. No love for Queens of the Stone Age this week. Listen, man, I've listened to this. I've listened to the Queens of the Stone Age record four or five times. I mowed my lawn this weekend and listened to it. I, (laughs) uh, I had it on at some point when I was grilling out. Um, I've played in the car a bunch. It's just it's just going to take some time. I think most of their albums always take a little time to work on me. Uh, it's really good. It's not as like sonically interesting as some of their their classics, but mm-hmm. I like it a whole lot more than I like Villains. And Villains is not a record of theirs I liked very much. Um, it's very good. Uh, I was maybe a little disappointed on first listen, but I promise I'm going to keep listening to it constantly because I love Queens of the Stone Age, and it's it's great. Like it's a great record. It's you know, nine or 10 awesome songs and, and each one of them are listenable and fun and, and, you know, stomp your feet, sing along type songs. And it's just not, I don't know. It just disappointed me. And I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed that I liked it so much and it was disappointing. Like that's an unfair bar for anybody to hit, but it's just how, (laughs) it's just how it hit me. (laughs) Just how it is. So and there's other stuff. I mean, Sigaros put out a record, a new album this week. Uh, Does you listen? Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. No, I didn't listen to it though. Killer Mike's new album came out this week. Like, I did. There's a lot I did pick up on. Killer Mike's. I haven't listened to right much now. of it. Yeah, there's a lot coming out for sure. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, um, this is a this is a a a fertile time for uh, for new music. That's right. It, we are pregnant with expectation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, of course, to everybody who's uh, who's enjoying this podcast so far. We'd love for you to give us some positive uh, reviews on iTunes. It helps us find uh, a bigger audience wider audience um and we want to we genuinely want to hear your suggestions for future topics we've gotten a few of them already uh and i'm excited to do some of them and so uh send us your future topics you'd like to see us cover and uh thanks for listening thanks everybody thanks everybody